Uh, good afternoon, everyone. We are truly in this together. To get, to get, to get, to get together. And the only way we will get through this is by all of us working together. Each of of you doing your part. You, you must stay at home. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to the first episode of the You Must Stay at Home period podcast featuring yours truly, The Buck. We also have the lovely Karen with the hard end. Yeah, I got Let's it try right. Let's to find 11,870 votes. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have. And uh, Happy New Year to you too, uh, Karen, and also Happy New Year to Cephas. Thank you very much. I um, had an okra-filled day, and Happy New Year to you, I, to you all. That, that sounds uh, pretty explosive. That sounds like my best day ever. <laughs> I, I love okra. Every year after the holidays, I do a, a diet reset, right? Like, even if I'm not trying to lose weight, it's just a good time of the year to kind of reevaluate what I'm eating and, and, you know, try to eat a little cleaner. And uh, so I ordered a bunch of frozen vegetables to go in this uh, the soup cleanse I'm going to do. And Amazon Fresh left out my okra and my green beans. My frozen okra, my green beans is frozen and cut and I put it in soup and it's delicious, but they played me. So I'm a little, little upset, a little jealous that Cephas had an okra field day because I didn't. So how was your, how was your holiday, Karen? How, how was it? Uh, I am so sad to see the holidays end, really not ready to go back to work. Um, I had a really wonderful holiday season, probably because it's, it was socially distanced. So this was like just the right tempo for me, not having to deal with people, not having to deal with holiday engagements, just shop from home and decorate my little place, quiet. I put all the Nat King Cole and the Johnny Mathis and the uh, those uh, those '90s Christmas compilations that all the pop stars used to get on. I know who my friends are, and the next nice neighborhood I move into, you guys will get cracked. Ate a little bit too many baked goods that I shouldn't have eaten. But um why you need you know, an okra reset. Yeah, I'm I'm planning bless, on bless, a bless you out. That, uh, <laughs> right, right. I don't want I won't necessarily one... go into on this podcast, but uh, we'll, we shall see. Um I'm you know uh, starting my own detox program starting next Saturday. And, uh, okay. you know, I mean everybody needs to, you know, make sure they're Digestive health is good, especially based on what happened with a uh, good brother, Chadwick Bozeman. This and, year, uh, just so. and, and the um, 
the actress um, that passed away a month or two ago that starred in uh, BAPS with um, with Halle Berry. Um, I'm blanking on her name at the moment, but she also passed from uh, colon cancer. So, yeah, uh, black people need to, um, you know, pay uh, pay special attention to that. So, and we also don't know how MF Doom passed tragically on yeah, Halloween. Right, right, we don't. 40, 41, 49, 49. Mm-hmm. Back to what you were saying about Doom, man. That's a, I think that's a big loss in the in the hip hop community. You know, he was like your, um, you know, your rapper, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I know, I know Karen probably wasn't into his music, but. No, um, unfortunately, I'm not familiar with any of his, of his work, but I do know that he was highly respected. So it does feel like a loss. Yeah, he, uh, he specialized in, in uh, multiple, multiple entendres. To me, that's what I loved about his music. Like by, you know, more than double, like triple and quadruple entendres. I can listen to a song of his now and find a different meaning out of out of a lyric, out of the same lyric I've heard probably, you know, at least 50 or 60 times. Living off borrowed time, the clock tick faster. That'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster. Dick dastardly and muttly with sick laughter. A gunfight and they come to cut the mix master. I see E. Cole, nice to be old. Y2G Steve, twice to threefold. He sold scrolls, low and behold. Know who's the illest ever, like the greatest story told. Man, yo, how about how about your man, your man Trump? Uh, the amazing part to me is the yeah, he committed election fraud number one, and that he's not going to be prosecuted for it. Yeah, I, I tweeted Joe Biden. I asked him, please don't do this. Please don't look the other way. This needs to be addressed. Everybody involved, including Mark Meadows, chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who was on the call, um, needs to be brought down for this. This is they, They're trying to overthrow the duly executed American election. Like that we, you know, Biden can't just play that off and say, well, we want to get on with the business. The nation wants to heal. No, the nation can't heal unless those who are trying to wreck our election are held accountable. So I, I'm, I mean, I'm just, sad. Just, uh, not just I the election. I hope, I hope we're wrong. I know, but our right, whole electoral what, system, period. Exactly. Just it, it's insane. It's insane. Fabric, so, fabric of our political system. Just kudos like. to apparently. Uh, Raffensperger uh, and his attorney. Uh, yeah, he was like, "Shit, I'm getting recorded. recorded. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying right. this stupid shit." No, 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 no. That, apparently, he recorded the call, oh. and is the <laughs> one that released it. So good on him for having the presence of mind to record it and for being willing to release it. But he was pretty pissed that he started getting um, death threats against him and his family when Trump started saying, you know, that the Georgia election officials effed up. So, you know, I guess he had a, a vendetta to, to fulfill, but um, yeah, that, that tape is amazing. It's amazing. He just, he's just on the call stating all of these falsehoods. Well, I hear that thousands of votes were shredded and they said, no, sir, no votes were shredded. Well, I hear that thousands of dead people voted. 
No, sir. We found two instances of dead people voting in Cobb County. That was it. Well, I hear that Dominion um, changed all the software in the machines uh, (laughs) right after, and they're they're trying to hurry up and get all their parts out of the machines. No. Yeah, he said just the insides of the machines. You gave them too much credit to say software. Right. Yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> just the inside of the machine. And they said, no, no, that, no, that's not true. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. And it's like, wow, nobody, you know, either he's lying or, you know, the people around him have just given up telling him facts that he doesn't want to hear. So he's just listening to, you know, right wing conspiracy theories. And they've just you know they could just reprogram the machines. They wouldn't have to actually go in and right. take, the, <laughs> right. <laughs> take exactly. the hardware out to college. And he asked them, you know, the 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 right was going <laughs> crazy over um apparently there's like a little uh clip, uh video clip of some woman pulling out a, a box of ballots that she started scanning from under a table and they're like, see, those are fraudulent. And he said, What about the woman scanning those ballots? she pulled out from under the table like it's just and they're like <laughs> none of that is true none of that happened none of it it was fine they like we they they counted the they they did what two recounts and a hand hand recount so georgia has counted the ballots three times you know it is what it is and he just was in his own mind he's like there's no way we lost there's no way we lost there's no way we lost so <sighs> Uh, so we'll see. January sixth might go down in uh in Washington. He's called out the Proud Boys, uh huh, and trying to figure out how to smuggle in guns to D.C. Could be could be kind of nuts, but it's. Uh, I was watching a video this weekend of the Proud Boys and Salem, Oregon, getting kind of touched up by the by the police. Mm-hmm. And then them turning their backs and step stomping on those Blue Lives Matter flags that we were on your side all summer. Not anymore, you motherfuckers, you. Step on it. Step on that fucking flag. Yeah, I'm cool. And then we're gonna burn it. I'll take it for you. Yeah. And then we're gonna burn it. There you go. Fuck you. Yeah, I've been there for you all fucking summer. Fuck you. Fuck everyone you! Fuck you! Been there for you all fucking year! Only one punishment for treason. Fuck the blues. Those poor boys. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's 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 y'all's y'all's president. Did you voted for him too? No, I did not. I voted for Biden. I didn't. I vote for Trump. Biden no, president. We're, yeah. we're talk, that's what we're talking about. The, the poll boys. That's what. Um, right, that's but Biden them. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Donald Trump inciting violence with the poll boys in D.C. in a couple of days. Yeah, I can't believe people really. Uh, I don't know why they don't take the advice of that uh, staffer for Biden's campaign uh, who said that um, that Donald Trump's not going to not going to pay your way out of jail when you go. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's just going to, you know, skate off. He they're they're not going to ever prosecute him. So he'll skate off. But 
you know, throw your ass under the jail. Well, um, you know what? Some of them, some of them feel like martyrs, right? Like uh, they they're willing to die for their cause of white supremacy. You know, so yeah, it's like Donald okay. Trump is white supremacy. They just substitute the name. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I guess I found so astonishing about uh, this call that was released today with Raffensperger is that all of this, you know, it, it, it's one thing, you know, Trump's criminality is one thing, you know, sure, he's got an incentive to try to stay in power because like somebody tweeted <laughs> at uh, noon on January 20th, <laughs> he owes somebody a billion dollars, you know, and they come in to look for him. So um, if I had that, you know, closing in on me, I'd probably be trying to steal the election too. But the 74 million people that voted for him that are okay with it, as he is just blatantly flouting laws and norms and, and just openly corrupt, are okay with it because they figure, well, he stays in power, white people stay in power. When things get quiet, catch them like a thief in the night. What a right. What they're afraid of, I guess. Um, is that, you know, Joe Biden's going to liberalize things for people of color. He's already put a bunch of people of color and gays in his cabinet. And, you know, they're going to rein in the police. They're going to be black folks, man. I, I don't want to... And they're going to, you know, pay off people. people of color. Uh, I'm afraid you can't, sir. Just like uh, you say, I can't be a, a woman before I'm a black. You can't be a non-person of color because those are only white folks. But um, no, you know, no, well, well, I can I can just be a, a, a black person because that's how I'm treated as something separate mm. in function. All right, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna argue that with you, but that's not what Trump supporters care about. They see all of all of you mud people as the same. Mm. They don't care if you you yellow, red, black, or brown. Uh, they might, but they but they don't care. It's not like they are trying to prevent, you know, to maintain oppression of black people, but not oppression of browns, or mm. to oppress black and brown, but not yellow, or not red. They don't care. It's, it's you know they don't want power ceded to um, to any group that's not white Christian people. They don't even want power ceded to, to white gays. So, you know, it's... So they, you know what I think? They just don't want a world like... They, they think the world's going to like a, a, a episode of something produced by Shondaland. Yeah, right. <laughs> like uh, Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they don't, you know, the, 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 reason, the, re, the reason people like me love Shondaland productions is the reason, right, that Christian conservatives hate it. I have not watched it yet, um, but I'm going to soon. So I did watch. You see, uh, they watching your book? I know, don't no, tell me I, I, try, I tried to watch one episode. I could only get through about 10 minutes. Why is that? Yeah, it was just, you know, all that pomp and circumstance. I mean, y'all, I mean, like my mother likes that kind of stuff. Oh, like, so you don't like with the royal I'm not an angle of you, you don't like history. I love history. I just don't like, you know, 
that particular period in history or what? Yeah, just that whole thing. I don't I don't really dick ride the No, what what, what whole thing? What what whole thing? Elaborate. It's a fantasy world. Fantasy world, I know, but you know what I'm saying, but it's based off of you know what, you don't like seventeenth century Europe or whatever the case is. I just like the fact that she I just like the fact that she made the most powerful people on the show black and it flies directly in the face of those who say, well, we don't cast black actors in this era because, just because. But when you look at all these movies that depict Egyptians. Right. Mm -hmm. Or uh, our our girls' uh, uh, story with um, Jennifer Garner (laughs) that you were telling us about that you saw a few weeks ago. Um, Right, you know, they they take uh, a Mexican woman's story and put Jennifer Garner in her cast as the lead um that yeah so I, I i i'm still i still find that really interesting that buck doesn't like certain historical fiction certain period dramas but uh i will say i haven't seen bridgerton yet i will say that i did watch shonda's um attempt at a period drama uh that was on abc a few years ago and i absolutely loved it she did a uh reinterpretation of romeo and juliet and it was amazing. Once again, all of the main antagonists uh, were uh, black actors. And, and, and it the was... antagonists were black? Damn. No, I said the all protagonists. The bad people. Oh, I thought you said the antagonists. The protagonists. Um, no. Um, probably the antagonists too. Like the, almost the entire cast was black uh, with a few exceptions. And uh, I thought it was just great. And nobody else watched it, but I like Shakespeare and I like Romeo and Juliet. So. You know, I guess it was too smart for people. It was bound to fail. I'm hoping maybe she'll bring that to Netflix in time. Um, but I'm thinking I'll probably like Bridgerton too, because I do like those Jane Austen style um, period dramas. That's probably another reason you don't like it, Buck, because you're not a, a literature buff uh, or English. No, I'm just not. I'm just, I'm just not an Anglophile. So well, right, but not my thing. If, if you read more, you might be a thing. Uh, that's my um, one precedes the other but um, but yeah I think I probably love Bridgerton because I love that Romeo and Juliet um, it only lasted like a partial season they didn't even finish the season it was too bad because it was really getting good where they cut it off and the costumes were great and they had cast some really great actresses um, oh it was going to be it was going to be so good but they ended it so um I see people, I see criticism of Bridgerton. Some people really like it, probably mostly black women. And uh, there's of some, course. you know, yeah, some uh, some criticism of it, but I'm sure I'll like it for all the wrong reasons, but sue me. I'm grown. <laughs> Man, how, how about um, since the last time we, we recorded old uh, rest in peace to uh, Joe Clark? know what we were talking about but <laughs> Buck invoked a clip from uh Lean on Me <laughs> where Morgan Freeman screams about the kids that means they can hardly read <laughs> and uh it was just so appropriate for whatever we were talking about it was just so funny and so now that is that is 
just a, a, a inextricable, um, inextricably linked thing with, in my head with uh, synonymous with Joe Clark. So rest in peace to Joe Clark. Yeah, he was, he was talking about the, uh, the minimum basic skills test. He said that means they can. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> means they can hardly read. Yeah, read. <laughs> <laughs> he screams it. And it is perfect. It is perfect. Same goes for the rest of you. You've tried it your way for years, and your students can't even get past a minimum basic skills test. That means they can hardly read. <laughs> that is uh <laughs> Um, that's my uh, favorite line in that movie. <laughs> it's uh, on me from the first staff meeting scene, and Joe Clark is in there cussing out the teachers and faculty and staff, and uh, yeah, it goes off on them about basic skills and how the kids can't read, and it is just funny to invoke when you're talking about somebody who's shown, uh, you know, some blatant ignorance or stupidity. But how do you invoke it? Um, that's where I'm lost. I don't understand. Saying you can hardly, um, well, saying you can hardly do something more. It's like an old, a way that old black people talk, especially ones from the South. Like Joe Clark was from originally from Georgia, and moved to North Jersey when he was uh, nine years old. So, well, you know, it's, and then it's like from Mississippi, but you know, you can invoke. It's, well, it, I, when I say invoke, I mean like. You know, if you're talking about somebody who's just mispronounced something really that you would expect is obvious that people know or they've, um, you know, otherwise um, said something bizarre that, yeah, you know, you expect that people would, it is com kind of common knowledge. Like um, somebody recently told me that they were going to uh, plant their live Christmas tree in the yard after Christmas so that they could use it again next year. <laughs> Negro humor always escaped me. Movies like that growing up made me fearful of uh, education in a black school. When we think it about it, it did. We talk about um, before the alleged end of segregation, when there were black schools, black students were educated very well by their black teachers. So me thinking about it, it did affect my, when you asked that question, made me realize, yeah, all those movies back then that just showed the impoverished inner city school full yeah, of with the, with the metal detector. And yeah, it just made people, me people. People just getting stabbed in the hallway and shit. I mean, yeah, like, just made my little prison yard I feared, fearful of, of. Yeah, I, I would, I would totally agree with that. I know I completely. I don't know if I would trace it to lean on me specifically or just kind of the whole Who's genre. That genre though? What is the, what is the us, genre? you know, the whole um, environment of the '80s, um, as you know, I was growing up, but. Uh, or so I am told when I read about it in history books. Um, yeah, I totally formed a negative opinion about black, majority black institutions and refused to attend one. Um, Even HBCU. When I got to uh, college. Remember the African-American College Alliance shirts and everything were being oh, promoted yeah. on all of 
television. And it was cool to be wearing it and supporting it, but I'd never just thinking about going. I was like, I don't know, I'm afraid. But that all was built from movies like Lean On Me and those other ones with white saviors. Y'all, uh, y'all had a completely different <laughs> college experience than I had. I've never heard of the African American College Alliance, huh? Okay. No, you, you saw well, those hoodies. The hoodies with the, with the Howard University and all that stuff people will wear. Come on. Yeah, you must have not watched any black people. It was just a clothing brand. It wasn't an actual alliance. It was a clothing brand. Oh, oh okay. Oh, you know, remember the hoodies with it's a, it's a Howard or Hampton or any nope. other? Nope. Oh, no recollection Lord. whatsoever. I'm looking at uh, images of the, sh- the, the clothing now. I don't know if this is like the original stuff you guys are talking about or stuff they make now, but never seen this shit before. Okay. Nope. Nope, um, but it does say AACA clothing is back. So, hmm. no, I just you know I I you must have not watched anything hip hop. Nothing. I didn't. Zero. I didn't because Living Single. It was on all those channels. It was on all oh. those shows. It was on. Yeah, people. Were, yeah, people were wearing those. Yeah, they were. Really? The, the you know, house different party. world. A different world. They probably the house party were. movies. Different world. They wore it in all of them. Oh, okay. Everybody huh. didn't see House Party. I did eventually see House Party. I did. Uh, but I thought the clothes were so tacky, I didn't pay attention. I, uh, I think a lot of that stuff is just... I, I pay attention to the dominant culture because that's where the power is. That's that's where the money reside. Oh. And I just don't have any... I don't have any use for, for nonsense. And, you know, I'm glad you all do, but not me. Hmm. Okay, anyway, um, I learned something. That's the, that's the purpose of this whole endeavor, isn't it? So, But yeah, did, I did you guys, yeah. I agree no, with Sebus. I wouldn't. So Sebus, if you had it to do all over again now, knowing what you know now, you might choose an HBCU. I definitely would have. Yeah, not me, I stick with my decision. PWIs are the only way for me. Oh my lord! <laughs> so you just came from over you... there to grab. You came from over there to grass is greener. Just came from over there to grass is greener. Last wish. I wish I had two more wishes, and I wish they fixed the door to the matrix's mad glitches. Spit so many verses, some time my jaw twitches. One thing this party could use is more. <laughs> Yes, 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 it is. You would, you would still, you would attend an HBCU if you had it to do all over. Again? I mean, I would, I would consider it. Um, you know, just based on the mindset of, of where I am now, mm-hmm. I would consider it. Um, but you know, well, maybe with I, I said, I still had a good college. I still had a great college experience, but I probably would have had, I would say a. Not necessarily better, but just a different college experience. Mm-hmm. You know, not having to think about like when you're insulated and you're going to class and all that stuff, you don't really have to think about um, being black necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. so that's been a nice welcome break from that, except for when you go to the financial aid office, then you'd probably be. Uh, I never considered one because 
they just maybe it was because of those genre movies maybe it was because of the you know the gang in culture environment in inner cities where I grew up uh, before the crime bill bill and so yes I also had a negative connotation or association about um, predominantly black institutions uh, schools the high schools and colleges particularly but after I got to college, um, I had a number of friends that went to HBCUs and uh, them listening to them describe their, they, you know, these were people I went to high school with and kept in touch with and listening to them describe their experience on the HBCU. While some of the stuff sounded cool, most of it was like terrible, right? Like trouble with administration, trouble with financial aid, trouble. Well, I went to visit. Resources. I went to visit a friend for uh, spring break one year, and I mean, I swear to God, like we we it felt like we were camping. The housing was so bad. I mean, I think I used an outhouse that week. What it was? <laughs> I mean, it, it felt like that. It felt like that. You know, um, real life. You're not going to be dealing with smooth, easy administration in most aspects of your life as an adult anyway. So no, that's I don't not see true. It necessarily that, as a that, that's not true. That's not true. I had a cousin that was um, trying to decide between well, they're all different. Yeah, you can't yeah, just, that a, you can't just that's a blanket statement. Well, shit. I mean, if if people have trouble with the top three or four of them, what does that say about the rest? I mean, the supposed top ones, the, the supposed brand name ones are were shitty. So that, what does that say more about the school or more about white supremacy and not having resources? The school come on, has man. nothing to do with white supremacy. Come on, come you can't, on. I mean, you're, you not, you're diverting the money away. If you can't run an office, if you can't run an office to where a person turns in an application and then it's marked that it's received at a certain date and this should be processed by a certain date and you should get uh, a determination on whatever the application is regarding by a certain date. That's on you. That ain't got nothing to do with white folks. That's on you in the office. Y'all don't run the office. Y'all disorganize to me. Mm, yeah, but what about but the, the PWI's background staff is probably staffed properly too. You know, like having an appropriate well, amount of people to handle volume. Why are you, why are you not pro appropriately staffed? Money? No. Nah. Seems all seems nah. all go back to that, doesn't it? Uh, uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> that. Okay. You know what? You know what? Right after right after college, I worked in the admissions office of a small uh, junior college, and we ran that shit properly. The woman. Yeah, but you weren't you weren't getting applicants. Yeah, but how many applicants were you really getting? You weren't getting hundreds. Uh, HBCUs get stuff from all over the country because yeah, but they, like they the only, West Coast but they're everywhere. Only, but they're only getting a few thousand applications. They're not getting hundreds of thousands of applications with two people there to, to rubber stamp these things. Don't 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 uh, don't you know you're giving them too much too much benefit of the doubt. They're just improperly run like a lot of black businesses, um, and you. More and than why, anyone why, know and, and, about how a shoddy black-run businesses can be. Yeah, any business can be ran. Yeah, well, right, be right. But 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 black-owned businesses have a bad reputation. Why is that?
small businesses run by Arabs and, and Asians, but it's the black ones that have. Uh, this shit, this shit he ran too. You ever go to a uh, gas station and, and uh, this this owned by another? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know and the bath, bathroom was filthy. I mean, come on. It was spoiled. And yeah. Rotten. Well. Okay. Sure. I mean, right. I'm not saying that it never happens. I'm just saying that um, the reputation resides with our businesses and not the others. And to me, that is for a reason. But anyway, you know, I know yeah, you don't disagree with me. Um, but I'm just saying that I did not have a good. Uh, experience with them. You sound, you sound like her. You sound like Herschel Walker right now. Is that you in the background? Or Herschel mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> advertising for a law firm for Duke. Well, you know what's strange is I've known uh, Kelly for a long time as well, and you know she's new at this business. You know she's not the old politicians of yesterday. She want to make a change, and that's why I told people, I said, guys, we need a change in Washington right now. We need a change in Washington right now because there's people that has been there forever. And let's be honest, they haven't done anything. You know, I, they haven't done anything. You know, everyone want to talk about systemic, uh, systemic racism. Well, why haven't you not changed the law to change that? You know, don't talk about it. And you've been there at Joe Biden 47 years, or you've been there as long as some of the people have been there, but yet they've done zero, but now they're talking about it. But they still don't do anything. Well, Kelly is somebody that's going to do something. She's somebody that... Well, she's almost like me in the sense that she may go against the norm because it's the right thing to do. She's a smart woman, and she's going to work hard, and I know this because I know her. And that's the reason I got behind her. She throws the football to Loeffler, and then she throws it to Purdue, and they blank out the NFL logos on the ball. They like, they what it looks like with a magic marker. Yeah. Or they yeah, put a, te- a piece of tape over it to make sure, and then Herschel's talking. Y'all can say what you want, but that's that's my experience with them. And so, like I said, I hope that they're better now. But 20 years ago, I was not impressed. That's because they don't have no money. I mean, even in, even, okay, even in. The school I worked at did not have any money either. Yeah, but they had. Yeah, but they had just. A, a small, you said junior college, a small, little, I mean, how many programs are they really going to have in a junior college? It's a junior college. They have, they have several dozen. And people, and at, and at admission time, everybody from the neighborhood comes out and says, oh, I need to take some classes. I really can't believe you're trying to compare a junior college with the university. Junior colleges are also well-funded. Okay, well, Were they that funded might by the government? That, yes. That might be a uh, part of it. Um, I, all I know is that there were uh, four or five full-time staff and me. Well, I guess I was full-time too, but I was just a season worker. But um, yeah, I, all I know is that it just, you know, we, when admission, uh, the admissions deadline, admissions week came around, we were swamped. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done is be the the person at the front desk in the admissions office of a junior college when it's when it's the week before the semester starts and we were swamped with applications um absolutely swamped way more you know volume than um we were accustomed to or um could handle with the five or six people on staff but 
we still got that mess done in a timely um, uh, fashion. Wasn't no, you know, sitting around waiting for weeks to hear back on uh, on a decision. So, yeah, where were you guys? I, from I don't think I don't think. Huh? The, the other, also you were talking about the top tier HBCUs. The top tier HBCUs are all private, and their funding source is much different than. First of all, their their endowments are not massive. They're they're small comparatively. Sure. Um, I you know now right, Mackenzie gave everybody money, but those endowments are small, so that means employees are paid less. Tuition is probably high. More people need tuition assistance because Black folk in America are bottom caste and have less money comparatively. But when you go into it expecting that, then you know and you're not disappointed. All the people that I know that went to HBC just loved it. And when they're complaining about to register, we had to wait in that long registration line. At our university, to register, we had that horrible registration. Do you remember the registration process that we had to go through? Yeah, you had to make an appointment or whatever and... Yeah. It was, I only had to stand in a line twice in many years, so it wasn't that bad to me. It wasn't well. standing in line, but it was just the, the, the rigmarole, the bureaucracy of doing shit. No, it was, was very it was simple. Fine. It was so easy. I thought it was really well, well done. No. I so I am not really sure why it's taking so long to determine an AG uh, for, for Biden, but I'm assuming it's because he's just got so many competing um, interests, you know, nagging at him for, you know, pick somebody who represents us, pick somebody who represents us. So um, right now he's looking at Sally Yates, who was the Republican um, DOJ, uh, attorney that warned Trump about Mike Flynn and then he promptly fired her. Merrick Garland who was the um, uh, Barack Obama's last Supreme Court uh, nominee that um, Mitch McConnell refused to hold a uh, vote on and Doug Jones who was the Alabama senator, the civil rights lawyer who prosecuted the uh, guys who blew up the Birmingham church that killed the poor little girl. So um any of those guys sound like they will take up the cause of defunding the police and ending qualified immunity to you? I don't know. But yeah, I think uh, civil rights groups are still on him to pick a black AG, but I don't know, you know who that would be. I can't think of anybody um, who would even be uh, you know, in a position to be elevated like that. Ben- Benjamin Crump. Oh, I was going to say the, the, the guy from Kentucky. He's the only black state AG I can think of. Well, we don't want him. Uh, Benjamin Crump, the family from Ohio for Andre Hill, they chose Crump too. And I, I just oh, my Lord. What? I mean, I, yeah, I just don't. I keep, he, why him? Like, there's a lot of good black attorneys out here. But, but okay, they like Benjamin Crump. So, okay. They tell him he's going to get all that money for him. But okay. I don't know if he tells them all the cooning they're going to have to do to get that money. Right, right. Well, Andre, I saw Andre Hill's um, sister and his daughter on um, Politic Nation, which is Al Sharpton's show tonight. And uh, 
they were upset they were devastated so I'm not sure they're ready to get in front of the cameras and the mics and talk about prayer and forgiveness just yet but I mean how many I don't know I mean how many times we had to go through this and had the family hire Crump I know just that's what know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, just waiting for somebody to say okay we just didn't want Crump you know we opted to go with in this direction like why everybody reached you know but I guess he's maybe he's the one that's reaching out to them and you know he's got he the probably reputation is. now you know yeah but he I, I'm no fan of Ben Crump but what Crump does is seemingly is that he reaches out to them and does everything for free and brings notoriety to whatever's going right. on right uh you know certainly uh wish the best to the family they have to bury him this week um and that's why Sharpton had them on the show because he's going out there representing national what's this group called national action something network, network. yeah and yes network thank you and uh um, because what did you you mentioned it before he's a pastor without a church you don't trust pastors with no churches that claim that they're pastors i never said that that wasn't you i thought that, that no. i thought you i thought that was you that said that well that's pretty funny um especially given how uh clubhouse apparently had a raucous discussion about td jakes last night but he has a church so you know i guess he doesn't he's not in that group um no i don't have any problem with sharpton or jakes i do have a problem with joel osteen though like ugh, that guy's a piece of work evidently weren't you just but, defending him yeah i was and now i'm not because uh what he took ppp money from the government for covid and didn't let anybody in the church when they were seeking refuge during uh, that last hurricane that hit Houston. So I'm like, oh, okay. All right, well then, I was wrong about him. You need to pay taxes then, Joel. Yep, yep. So um, would anyone like a palate uh, cleanser after uh, that nastiness about Tamir Rice and Andre Hill? Uh, yeah, what, what, you, what you got? Just real quick, I I um, I personally always secretly prayed that I would end up being one of these parents uh, of a child like this. This was a headline on NPR last week, or no, actually a couple months ago. A Georgia boy started reading at six months old. Now twelve, he's in college, and this is a little black boy in Marietta, Georgia, named Caleb Anderson. Um, and he's attending Chattahoochee Technical College, where he's a sophomore taking Cal uh, Humanities and Macroeconomics. He wants to be an aerospace engineer. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so it says uh, his mother uh, says it didn't take long to see that her son was ahead of the typical baby milestones when he was just three weeks old, she says. And he started copying her motions. She got a certificate or she got certified in sign language so she could teach it to him because I thought that he wanted to communicate but he didn't have a means uh, or a way to do that. Then he started picking up sign language really fast, she says. When he was about six months old, he started reading. And by nine months old, he was signing over 250 words. He was doing fractions when he was two, passed the first grade when he was three, and when it came time for middle school, she says, he could have skipped it altogether. But we decided to put Caleb into seventh grade to build social skills and just think about the well-rounded child. Says those years were not easy for Caleb. 
He said, I, they looked down on me because I was younger than them. And not only that, the curriculum was boring to me because I learned really, really fast. One day I came to my mom and she asked me, are you happy here? And I said, no, I'm really bored. This isn't challenging me. So now he's in a dual program at the Chattahoochee Technical College in Marietta, working toward an associate degree while getting his high school credits. So, oh. man, that must be, I always thought, yeah, every time I read a story about kids like this, I'm like, damn, I would love to be one of those parents. They sound like real assholes to me. Those little what? fucking kids. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would be. I hate old. a precocious kid. I hate a precocious kid. Oh my kid. god! Uh, oh my I'm, god! You, uh, oh my god! I think it ruins them for life. Karen, Karen, make sure you shout out the the uh, Twitter handle. At must period. Tweet us. Tell us Sweetest how terrible it is that uh, Cephas uh, hates little black children who excel in school. Period.